Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's episode is with Laurie Kilmartin. Uh, I did it in Los Angeles and we had a really fantastic conversation. She's a wonderful comedian and she writes for Conan and she's also a single mother. We have a chat about dating with a child um, or giving up on that idea. We have uh, we went into American politics, the desire to flee the country, a bunch of other stuff. It was a really lovely conversation. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoy I enjoyed having it. Um, I really appreciated her giving up her time. She was incredibly busy and incredibly jet-lagged. And we had tea in my hotel room, uh, bad hotel tea. And again, I very much appreciate her putting up with that. Uh, thank you, everybody who's been writing to me, alicerfraser at gmail.com, people who've subscribed to the Patreon. It's just an overwhelming, incredible thing. People who've tweeted about the podcast to their friends, keep doing all of that. It helps me uh, continue to do what I do. Reshuffled the Patreon rewards. I did a little survey to try and get you guys more of what you want from me. So one of the things that I'm now doing is if you've subscribed, I think at the $5 level or above, you can ask me to um, address a topic and I will try to do that for you in my words as best I can. I'm waiting on a visa. Uh, I will be in London in time for the Bugle live podcast on the 16th of November but until then I'm sort of kicking my heels in Sydney and having to cancel gigs which is a little bit of a nightmare. So if you were planning to see me in London uh, tonight that is not going to happen. I'm currently staying with my dad which is lovely it's lovely to see him and we went to a wedding the other day and he danced because my dad's very proper and he doesn't really dance except at weddings. So And he's got the moves, man. My dad has got the moves. He doesn't dad dance. He like properly dances and it makes me very happy uh, to see that. So uh, there's no point to that. Invite my dad to a wedding, I guess. Watch him dance. Uh, that said, I think I've addressed all of the issues. Email me, alisarfraser at gmail.com. Tweet me at alliterative or uh, don't, you don't have to, say hi to me on the street. That's all I had to say. As you can tell, I'm a little bit scattered, but otherwise happy, and it's beautiful weather in Sydney this afternoon, so I think I'm going to go and go for a swim, try and shake off some of this stress. I don't particularly like mm, being uh, at the mercy of a bureaucracy to whom I'm just a number, I guess. It's stressful. They said it would be, you know, I expedited the visa application and they said it would be five to seven business days and it's been like 15. Uh, so if you're in the visa office um, and you're looking at my application, please forward it back to me. Um, apart from that, I hope you're all having a lovely time. Let me know um, if you want me to write anything for you, if you're a Patreon subscriber, or if you want to subscribe just for a short period, it's fine if you want to subscribe for just for the month um, and ask me for something and, and then unsubscribe. A dollar an episode is a really nice amount or more or less or whatever, whatever you, whatever you feel comfortable with, whatever you would like. I will see you next week um, or talk to you next week. Uh, you're having tea with Alice. Fine. Okay. Uh, cool. Hello, who are you and what are you drinking? <laughs> uh, hello, Alice. I'm Laurie Kilmartin and I'm drinking black tea with um, uh, powdered creamer and a little bit of sugar. That's uh, a good start. Yeah. I mean, that's all we had. It's yes. not, that's not my preference, uh, powdered creamer. What is your creamer. preference? What's your ideal uh, tea? Milk. milk. I like to douse it in milk. And black it doesn't tea with look milk like and tea. sugar? 
Um, I usually do it at night, so I'm more of a sleepy time chamomile, you know. I can't, like, chamomile just knocks me right out. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't do a relaxing chamomile. I can do a sedative chamomile. <laughs> like, just genuinely, yeah, I, I take it and then I'm, or drink it. I say take it because it feels like a yeah. sleeping pill. Even the word chamomile is sort of makes you sleepy. So even smelling it makes me sleepy. <laughs> uh, but uh, what have you been wrestling with recently? What have you been struggling with? Or um, it's uh, it's I don't I sort of like resigned to not having a boyfriend until my son is in college. All right. <laughs> and part of me is like, should I? should I be doing that? And then I remember the last time the, uh, the, I've, I tend to to have bad taste in men, like I'm sure many women. And, um, I just got, got really tired of, uh, apologizing for wanting to do stand up or wanting to do things I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and then I just didn't want to deal with that again. So I haven't dated in like two years. That's really interesting. Yeah, and he's only ten. <laughs> so I'm like, can I can I do eight more years without sex or anything? Uh, and is that healthy? It might not even be healthy. Yeah, to not right? have that kind of love in your life. Look, even if it's not love, just like uh, you know, I don't know. See, I have a, a sort of an uh, not quite similar thing where. I didn't date till very late, um, partly because I was very sh- strictly brought up and all of that, but mm-hmm. also partly because my mum was sick and there would be guys who would be interested who could not, I mean, uh, particularly as I got into my 20s, she would get sick, uh, she had MS and so she would oh, have these, right. she would be hospitalised one time a year and then twice a year and then it started to be three or four times a year for an indefinite period. Wow. And then she'd get better, but you didn't know how much better and how much... And how long it would last. Yeah. So that is a big ask in an early stage of somebody sort of taking you out to go, yeah, 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 we've sort of been going to movies and holding hands and whatever for a couple of weeks. Now I'm going to check out... (laughs) <laughs> and be a wreck for say up to three months yeah how, how, how do you feel about hanging around for that yeah that's and, really uh, tough yeah it was, a, it was a big challenge and um sort of that's that was a really interesting thing for me because now m- my mom died uh, it's coming up to the anniversary of her death uh, on the 12th of october the when year anniversary the t- three-year anniversary i'm now. sorry uh, it goes fast uh and it sort of feels uh, it feels bad that it's further away, right? In, in My time. dad died in twenty fourteen too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it it's hard, uh, but now almost because I don't have that litmus test anymore. I'm like, how would I know that you were a good man? Like, right? I know. Which yeah. is a, an interesting an interesting way to do it. But yeah, I I think with with stand up and a kid, that's a big ask for somebody. Yeah, and my mother lives with me, and that's a, you know, that's a very difficult. I would, ne- I just can't imagine bringing a guy home, and my mom's like, you know, four four feet away in her yeah. bed. I'm just like, my life is not conducive to sex, and um, and my maybe my personality isn't conducive to sharing, and maybe I should just be a solo person. Well, I mean, unless you're kind of doing Tinder dates on the road, I'm not. <laughs> when I'm on the road, I'm so excited to be alone and to not have to share a bathroom and 
to not have to do anything for anybody or pick up things for anybody, buy them things. I, I, I just totally isolate. Like I was just in a hotel room last night um, in Minneapolis and I just ordered room service and it was way too expensive. And I'm like, this is such a waste, but I, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave the bed and I wanted someone to bring me food, even though I had to pay them an exorbitant amount of money to do it. But it was pretty awesome. That's, yeah, that's a nice way. And, to, and I wasn't like, God, I wish there was a guy here. Cause I was like, no, I just like being here in these white sheets and all, it's all crisp and clean. And, and when I leave the room, I'm going to come back and someone will have cleaned it. And, you know yeah it's an amazing thing yeah and you're not yeah i think when i get lonely it's not for strangers either right i know that whole what's it like being a comedian like oh my god God. i would please just leave me alone i'll be i'm pretty funny my friends all tell me (laughs) oh Oh, i want to die alone So that's that's really interesting. You you tour and you're doing uh, writing during the day as well. Yeah, I don't tour as much. Um, I just do random weeks when I have hiatus weeks. Um, I can usually fill them in, or my agent can fill them in. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, mostly I write on Conan. So that's like it's like a forty. I guess maybe like forty two or forty four weeks a year that I have to be here in Los Angeles and doing that. a nine to five kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. What's the, what's the writing team like? Cause I've written for a few television things and mm-hmm. usually I, at least in my experience, I'm the only woman in the room, uh, which is standard for comedy. You're usually the only woman in the green room. Sometimes there's two. Oh my God. Sometimes there's three, which I is know. like, it feels, it feels amazing when there are three women in the room, although you generally my experience of being with three women in a green room is you immediately start talking about sexual predators. <laughs> you just like, because it's the other guys dude. in the green room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd be like, oh no, don't get a lift home with that dude. Like, it's, uh, it's an amazing gang feeling. And then you're like, oh, this is what it must be like to be a guy. I know. I'll just have that level of comfort. Like, I just did a podcast with three guys, and I know I, I could feel myself shrinking just because it's that's not the language I. S- I speak, you know, and that's not the, I don't know. I'm not the type that jumps in when there's three guys talking, you know, I just sort of hang back. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I was, I did the bugle recording remotely and it was Andy Zaltzman and Nish Kumar in London, both of whom are just lovely, 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 lovely men, incredibly professional, incredibly funny. Uh, But I, because there's a slight delay on the line, you don't want to interrupt. Right. There's never going to be dead air between them because they've got a great rapport. Yeah. But you also want to do your thing. You know, I've written a bunch of jokes for it. How do you jump in on that? And people are, listeners are hyper-conscious of women interrupting. <laughs> wow, yeah. In a way that they aren't of, of men interrupting. Right, yeah. Uh, Interesting. I, they just hear mine, your voice do it more than they hear a guy's voice do yeah, it. Yeah, a friend of mine was on a morning radio show. She's quite a famous lady. She swore once in the course of the two-hour show and they got they got... 15 complaints to the radio station (laughs) and she listened back to the show and the men in that time had sworn 43 times (gasps) no no complaints wow and of course this is not the worst thing that is happening to women but it's like god dang come on yeah you said an interesting thing when we were watching all those trailers uh which was oh great another dude's story yeah that's yeah maybe that's why i'm not a film nerd you know or I just got turned off by too many of what look like the same movies, you know? Yes. 
and I, I I don't know. I really like the same movies sometimes. I quite like action movies. Yeah, they're comforting. Yeah, in a way, you know what this, they're like a romance novel. Yeah, like uh, I remember thinking about this. I don't know how conscious it is. The Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. If you explain the plot of the Fast and the Furious movies, and then she's dead, but then she's not dead. She just has amnesia, and now she's working <laughs> with that. It's exact. It's the bold and the beautiful. And I oh my god, that's don't hilarious. know if Fast and Furious knows that's that it is the bold and the beautiful. Brilliant. With cars. Yeah. But I, it is. It's just that comfort watching. Sure. It's uh, an amazing, an amazing thing. But equally, uh, there was a trailer for a movie coming up called Proud Mary, which just looked like. Oh, oh my god, that looked awesome. I know what that movie is, but I gotta see way. it. Yeah, I've got to see it. I, know I gotta it. see it. Yeah. I, I really, I really enjoy it. And I don't know what the solution is, either. I don't know how to fix that problem in the world, other yeah. than in the kind of first wave feminist way. Of yeah, just doing the job and continuing to do the job. Yeah, or just, you know, pointing it out when you see it. Some, mm. Sometimes I think, like, and I don't know if that's it, not necessarily in t- today's case, but I just think guys just don't notice stuff. And you, and then you go, oh, there's, like, the f- you know, the first four trailers we watched were all, like, about guys doing cool stuff. Yeah. Did that, does that just, and I don't think that struck them as odd. No. And it's not odd, it's common, but it's also what's common is that feeling of, ah, oh. <laughs> again. Again. Yeah, it is, it is, and, and I totally get how it happens. So people, comedy, you book people who you know are good, people who you've seen before, people who you get on with. Those yeah. tend to be the three uh, criteria for yeah. booking somebody on a gig. Maybe their profile will come into it if you're trying to fill a room. But because you have like, you know, 10 men to every woman, you'll see more men and yeah. you'll be friends with more men and you'll know more men are good because you've seen. Yeah. And, it's, and then so when you're thinking of a lineup, the first 10 names that come to your head yeah. at random. Yeah. Could be guys. Yeah. Could, yeah. Could be guys. And so un- unless you do that sort of slightly political thing of going, well, we need to have at least X number of women, which isn't in itself is sort of annoying. But I, don't, I think that's the only real way to do it. I know. it's Otherwise, they, they just don't notice. It's weird. I think in L.A. there are a lot more female comics. And I think in New York there are a lot more female comics. Um, I, aside from the comedy store, I can't... Almost all the rooms book multiple women on shows frequently. You know? It's not, like, shocking. You know, if That's I show nice. up and there's like two other female comics on the show. See, for and me, it still isn't. It's not shocking, but it's a nice surprise. I notice it. People comment on it. Like here, it's. I think it's everyone's. People just know. Yeah, I don't, people don't comment on it anymore because you've been on enough shows where it's not a thing to bring up. You don't kind of notice it as much. And how you, you notice it when it's all guys, though. You you, know? Well, that's good. I yeah. mean, that's a nice. That's a nice little shift. Uh, you find do you find Conan is good in that way, the writing room there? Oh, um, yeah. I not mean, as we a don't have being, a lot of writers. Badmouth your boss. Oh no, uh, <laughs> we have uh, two female writers. That's so it's good. myself and Jessie Gaskell. She's a sketch writer, and I'm a monologue joke writer. So, um, so yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, I I work in a very tiny team. There's just three monologue writers, so we're just sort of together <laughs> a lot. And then the sketch team kind of works together too. And do you find that is uh, easy to do or do you get into a rhythm of it? Definitely get into a rhythm of it. Um, 
it's it's not difficult to like at first it took a while to write in his voice you know um, but that's standard whenever you're going to write for somebody else is to try to pick up their voice and stuff. But um, I, I think the news is just so miserable right now. Um, and there's no there's no distraction. Like, you know, there's no Kardashians. There's no Justin Bieber. There's nobody to take you away from Donald Trump because Donald Trump is also a celebrity. So there's nobody, like, you could do, you know, Five, you know, four years ago, you could do some Obama jokes, Mitt Romney jokes, and Khloe Kardashian, right? And you'd hit different angles there. And now it's just there's nobody more famous than Donald Trump, and there's nobody who's commanding our attention like him. So it's it's almost he's very clever at that. Oh God! And you can't get away from him. And and it's you know nobody feels. Um, important enough to tell a joke about almost like you it's almost like oh god we have what did this guy do today all right we have to see if we can turn these things into little things people can laugh at you know yeah and it becomes uh, exponentially harder as Donald Trump material gets more hack like when where is a new angle on him I know it's hard I mean you just have to flip it off that day's news um, but yeah it's very hard to get you know tiny hands is done you know mm-hmm. orange is done like it, it, he at first was just a joke so you know you could make fun of his appearance but now he he's you know legitimately terrifying yeah with the way he's taunting kim jong-un right now and stuff it's like um okay calling him a, a cheeto isn't really going to work anymore it's not it's not enough it doesn't doesn't work it's it's really tricky it's really tricky to get him with jokes you know like you can rant and you can go on a tear and have people applauding but to actually get a joke where someone's gonna laugh because they there's a twist that they weren't expecting it's really tricky (laughs) yeah he does he has that um sinister clown aspect to him in that you have to keep reminding yourself that he's the most dangerous man in the world yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And it's tw- it's weird cuz his tweets are so uh, illiterate and dumb that you could dismiss them but then you're like but this guy has he has the nuclear football. So it's not it's terrifying that somebody this stupid could say drop a nuke on North Korea. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't is he that stupid? Is he as stupid as he presents? I don't who knows? We'll it's, find out. I mean, we don't know. You know, it's um, there's. Is it a, better if he's as stupid as he appears, or is it better if he's smarter than he appears? I don't think there's. He's not smarter than he's. There's no hidden guy. He's just a. He's a realist. Like I keep telling my mom, I voted for him. I'm like, this guy is a real estate developer in Manhattan. Do you know how sleazy you have to be to get a building made in Manhattan? And that just if you just had that, you didn't have any of the sexual stuff and him bursting into dressing rooms at Miss Teen America. If you just had the fact that somehow he paid off enough mobsters and enough city people to get a building made to get a building building built or casinos that's a separate thing in Atlantic City oh my god I mean this who you know that alone he's a world-class criminal you know that's it yeah there's an amazing thing that's happening in Sydney Australia at the moment or has has happened uh where they've they've brought in these uh anti-drinking laws so lockout laws and uh they basically cut the life nightlife in Sydney Oh, so is there a time that you guys all have to stop drinking or something? Yeah, more or less. You have to go into a bar and then after that, you're not, if you leave, you can't go back in. 
so this kind of whole nightlife, particularly in the in the party district, which was oh. King's Cross, uh, has died. They've cut, they've sucked the life out of all of the nightclubs and so on and so forth. They did that. Uh, Ostensibly, they did that in response to a bunch of uh, what are called king hits or coward punches, Mm -hmm. where drunken people would, for a joke, punch strangers in the back of the head. Wow. And a few young men died. (gasps) God Because of these sudden hits to the back of the head. So that was just a trend for a couple of years or something? It didn't happen that often, but it came up in the news when it did because it's such an awful tragedy, young people out on... Sure. But... Most of those happened early in the night. They happened before 7 p.m. So these lockout laws don't make sense. Wow. uh, Unless you look at the casino that's just been built. Oh. (laughs) To which none of these laws apply. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, people wouldn't leave a casino anyway, but they also made it so it didn't didn't matter. So they can they drink did. all night. They can serve as much alcohol as they want. They can you can uh, smoke here and you can't smoke there. There's a, literally a line in the district around the casino, one side of which it is legal to drink, one side of which it is not. Like it's that is ridiculous, and that's a new law. That seems like an old law that you guys would just get rid of, like yeah. from the 1800s or no, something. It is oh my god, astonishingly corrupt. It's just the most, and everyone knows it, and it happened anyway. Yeah, and it happened anyway because uh, I assume there was so much money at play. Yeah, and because they brought up, you know, they used people's better feelings against them to say, well, we don't want these coward punches happening. We don't want these innocent young people dying by being hit in the back of the head. Oh my god! So you can't object to us changing the laws and making it harder to wow have fun in this place. And uh, I don't. Uh, casinos are the most. Did you know in casinos? And I, I this is apocryphal, but an architect friend of mine told me this, so I'm going to take it as truth. When they design casinos, they design passages out of the bathroom, uh, hidden passages out of the bathroom, so you can take dead bodies out without having to walk them through the gambling floor. No, really? Yeah, because so many people either commit suicide or die of overdoses. Oh, my God. I didn't hear that before. Yeah. Wow. It's a similar thing to Disney World, where they have a hospital right next to Disney World, so very few people die on site. (laughs) Oh my god! So they can say wow. we have this safety rating. You know, only three ah, people died yeah. in Disney World in the past X number of years. Oh and my it's god! If somebody ha- it has an accident or is hurt in a ride or whatever, they just immediately pull them next door to the hospital and they die in the hospital, not like in the park. That's a different level of clever evil that most people just don't. You're just living your life. You, you're like. You don't think that anyone's going to plan that kind of stuff out, you know, and, and but they're just living all around us. So I, I feel like we're we're just uh, incredibly naive. Well, you and you can see how it would happen as well. You know, people in boardrooms going, well, we need to make sure that our safety rating is high. Yeah. Certain number of people are going to get in accidents or be stupid or stand up on a ride and get their head knocked off right, or whatever right. it happens to be. What's our best bet? If someone's head is almost knocked off, but it's hanging on by maybe the spine or something, yep. do you think they take them to the hospital and then declare them dead at the yes. hospital? Absolutely. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, sure. We can get him. Yeah, we'll, we'll fix him. We'll sew it back on. I got a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you going, ba-bum, ba-bum, ba-bum. Shut up. Get him to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's terrifying. I think the terrifying thing about evil nowadays is that it's so um 
it's so many people doing things that are just slightly wrong. Yeah. It's not one evil, like, like Right. But it can't be worse than it's ever been. Like, people... Are- People are the same. We're the same as the people that were born 2,000 years ago and 5,000 years ago. There's a lot of um, mediocrity, like uh, banal evil happening. And then it, every once in a while, it, it, it all comes together in a, in a Hitler or something like that. But you, we're always awful. People are always awful. And poor people are always getting the worst. You know, it's... It, 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 like you want to help and they it's it's really overwhelming you know to to to, if you like just look at the refugee crisis you're like what how do i how do i help them and then there's millions of people in america that are almost as destitute as these people in rafts and yeah it's um it, it feels like humanity is constantly um just on the on the verge of ending <laughs> just because we're just we're nasty creatures we're not we're not good like animals i i don't yeah i don't even know if we're nasty i think we're just weak mhm i for the most part i think people are people if you set up the right incentives they'll do good and if you set up the wrong incentives they'll do bad but i think the problem is that the incentives that we're setting up are not being set up by us, they're being set up by systems, capitalism, mm-hmm. where the priority is money. Yeah. And money will always prioritize money over, you know, the smile of a child. Yeah. <laughs> hard to put on a graph. <laughs> well, unless the child has really excellent teeth and that helps the dentist that's trying to yes, get you to spend it, it might go viral <laughs> it might go I mean maybe with this maybe that's what this uh, phone face recognition thing will do it'll help us to quantify happiness oh god <laughs> in a way that we can boost our happiness statistics and then everyone will be walking around with fake smiles plastered on their faces <laughs> to try and get more points how, um, like I have a 10 year old and, um, like his life is already so different from mine, you know, when I was 10 years old and I know that happens with every generation, but it seems like it's dramatically different, you know, like I was 10 in 1975 versus being 10 right now. That's, it's bananas. It's not, it's almost nothing's the same television. You were, you know, the TV turned off at, you know, after was it midnight or 1am after Carson? It just went off, <laughs> you know? And then you, you, you weren't hounded all day with notifications and stuff. You, there, your attention wasn't constantly being grabbed yes. and you just got to be bored and wander. And, um, it, it, and I, I just wonder what it's going to be like, you know, for the next generation of 10 year olds, 30 years from now, you know, do they ever get to be truly alone without somebody trying to grab them and sell them something or let them know that somebody likes something that they did or something? How do you cope with that for your kid? How do you how do you deal with that? I mean, the average age for first encountering hardcore pornography on the Internet is 11. Oh, God, I can't. I, that's, that's unbearable. Oh, my God. So um, do you have a system or do you just hope that you've brought well, him up he doesn't with have principles? His, he or? doesn't have his own device. Um, so he's usually watching, like he watches YouTube on the television where I can see it and anyone can see it. Um, so that's one thing. He also, uh, he knows some things are grown up stuff. So he, I think he, he tries to get away from it anyway. Cause he likes really likes cartoons and Minecraft and he likes animation stuff. He's not, 
Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it could pop up. Oh my God. It's too much to see. It's awful. It's traumatizing. Yeah, I do. I mean, I don't, uh, yeah, I think, I think I believe in censorship. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, I believe that as a society, we should get to decide that, because that you see some, there's some things that you see in life and there's some things that I've seen in life that I don't get to forget. Right, right, right. That I wish I hadn't seen. Yeah. Uh, but you don't know until you've seen it or unless it's kind of put behind at least a, a wall where you have to consent. Yeah. That you know that something's going to be heavy. Yeah, I mean, if you look at our actual nature as, as people, you know, the pornography should be drawn, right? I mean, you know, photography and the ability to make... Um, a moving image is a very new skill and it you know if it was drawn on a cave it's not traumatizing it's like you know, <laughs> why is that lady <laughs> sleeping on that guy but it's not traumatizing and yes. and we've had the ability to to make it really graphic and horrifying for a kid I mean it's horrifying for me half the time I'm like what's happening how is she that thin uh, <laughs> but um, and I, I don't think our our body our brains have caught up to what we what what you can see visually now you know yeah i used to do we haven't evolved jokes up. about pornography and they've become slightly more difficult because of the movement in third wave feminism that n- not to uh shame women who are in right. the sex industry so you have to tread a little carefully although i stand by the jokes i don't think they're so much about the women as they are about the weirdness of these kind of you know, stunt sex. Yeah, things. right, right, right. Yeah. The thing that I think is really interesting is, you know, art's meant to reflect life, but it also affects life. It influences yeah. life. Mm-hmm. A friend, a, a friend of mine, who sleeps with a lot of younger women, uh, he was saying that there's a thing now where they ask him for certain sex acts because they've seen them. Yeah. So, so like, part of what is sexy is you know, that you feel sexy, that, you know, the person you're with thinks you're sexy and they're taking this from pornography. Yeah. Which is driven by, like, movie aesthetics. Like, you you have to have the cum shot. Yeah. So it has to happen, you know, on your body or externally or it has to be a visual, you have to be able to see that. Yeah. And so that's become part of the sexual vocabulary in a way that I don't think it naturally is. Right, right. Who No one wants to see cum in real life. I mean, it's, yeah. you're not supposed to. You're supposed to go inside something. Yes, <laughs> and maybe dribble out, but uh, <laughs> then you wipe it away. Yeah, it's not supposed to arc uh, through the air like you're. A, it's a fountain, you know. It's it's yeah. not supposed to be cinematic. It's not meant to be cinematic. And then certain acts get paid more in the pornography industry, which means more women will do them because there's more money in them, which means that oh, then right. you see these more disproportionately represented. Yeah. And so then you think, well, well, I guess everyone's doing that thing. I, I, I should get on board with whatever this yeah. obscure, difficult. Well, it's, it's the one thing of, of women thinking, oh, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be like that. So I'm going to pretend I like that, you know, cause you, cause you see that and you're like, oh, well, I don't like that, but maybe, maybe there's something maybe I'm weird I'm gonna pretend I like that and then like when I think for my son like I I wouldn't want him to think that's what women you know want or like yeah like you know and not that I'm the I'm not obviously I'm no expert at sex but there must be some you know 
there must be some sort of great sex that is is loving and fun at the same time. Yes. <laughs> Good. Hopefully I'll have it one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lo- I think loving and fun is is what you you'd want, but the only things really. And I I'm again not I'm not an expert on sex. I'm not an expert on pornography. Maybe there's a whole genre that exists that I've uh just never been informed about where you it's not, you know, two beautiful Hollywood people silhouetted against some Venetian yeah. blinds and then immediately after they have sex the woman is in her bra and underpants. Uh, the logistics yeah. uh, bemuse me. I've never wanted to put a bra on while in bed, even <laughs> alone. Like it's never been a thing that I yeah. thought, oh, I'm too comfortable. I need to put a bra on. Uh, or else it's I need wire. Sort of marathon, brutal, aggressive yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like there's, there has, maybe there is a genre of just two people who are like, oh, yeah. Well, I think there's, there's amateur porn, but... And I haven't watched any porn since um, Edward Snowden said the NSA was tracking everything. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm done. You know what? I don't need this anyway, rubbing it in that uh, I don't have anyone. But you know what? That's fine. Um, but but I was worried too, like, do the women know this is being recorded? And Are they okay with it? Like, it, it, you never know if it's revenge porn or something like that. So yeah, the, it's um, not... Um, I, would, I would feel comfortable with, like, I need stamps like porn you know like a good housekeeping seal of approval like uh, none of the actors were have been sexually abused as children they're not acting things out uh they've all you know they've all uh completed therapy and they're healthy and they just want to do this yes i mean maybe you should start a movement for that (laughs) no one's no one's desperate to get out of uh of belarus and that's why they're doing this like you always get this feeling like you're watching the women and you're, you're just like, are you okay? Yes. You know? Like. Well, because they're not good actresses. No. Like, yeah. So unless you're really turned on by bad acting. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. You, there's, a, there's, a, there's a worry there. And we, we are concerned with, I think, physical health a lot. I, that, I know that industry makes a big effort to, you know, test its performance. Like particularly, again, in the. In the mainstream industry, there's a yeah. lot of stuff about, you know, testing them for STDs and testing them for, uh, I know that drugs are an issue, so like uh, bloodborne diseases and things like that. That's a big thing. I, I wonder why there isn't a similar um, emphasis on mental health. God, I know. I mean, but if you started worrying about the mental health of porn stars, you wouldn't have a <laughs> porn industry, right? It takes advantage of people that are not... 100% there, I think. I think, yeah. And again... I don't mean dumb. I just mean, you know, why would you put yourself in that situation? Well, certainly, like, it's often very young people. Yeah. And young people who are not thinking about long-term implications because there is a pretty hard um, top level of age that you can be, a, right. a, you know, an active porn star at... Yeah. So after that, you have to have a life, right? You have to have a job. There's certain industries that you cannot do after you've done pornography. You can't... I mean, it's very difficult to be a teacher when there's stuff like that out on the internet. It's very difficult to work in government when there's stuff like that out there on the internet. It's very difficult to be any kind of public figure because this stuff can come back to bite you. So it's people who, by definition, are not thinking very far ahead. Right, right. 
which doesn't mean that they are stupid or yeah, that desperation are, will make you do stuff like that. Yeah, and again, I think there's a big emphasis in in the discourse on the fact that some people just want to do it and they're healthy and they're fine and they have made an informed decision and you don't want to take that away from them and you don't want to assume that they're mentally ill or damaged in some way. Yeah. But there are people who are in the industry who are yeah. damaged and and I don't know that it's the right thing to prioritise the feelings of the people who are fine. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? So, I mean... Like part of the the movement towards reducing the stigma of sex work is so that the people who are fine, it's just work. It's you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's a bit messy, it's a bit unpleasant. There are risks, but it's just work, and they do work, and they're not under any more pressure than someone who takes a shitty burger flipping job. Right, right. For them, you don't want them to be told that they're weak or that they're damaged or that they're you know, yeah. They're, oh, they're I, see. I think they're normal fine. people, and if they're you, fine. you actually have that point of view, if you actually feel like that, I think. Yeah, and the only damage that gets done to them, or which is a significant damage, is that they're told that they're broken and then that's really annoying and upsetting yeah. to be told that you're a, you know, victim if you're not and to be – it sort of takes away your agency and stuff. Oh, that's true. Yes. But I don't – again, I'd have to see numbers. I don't think that is a huge proportion of the people. <laughs> I can't imagine. Because <laughs> once you come to – like, if you're sensible, you're like, do I want to have eight guys anally – in, inside my anus today. Yes. And even I if you don't think I do. Even if you do, <laughs> wh- why? <laughs> what, like, wh- why? I, I, I can't... Have, I, and again, maybe this is just me being like sex shamey or having been brought up like quite strictly or whatever it is. Free will or free choice is not always the best... Um, it's not always the best indicator of anything. Like, right. You know, I'll I'll go out and I'll buy, you know, I very rarely buy clothes, but I'll, I'll go out and I'll, I'll look at myself in the mirror, I'll try a dress on and I'll think about how I look and, I, you know, I want that to make me look good because why? Like yeah. that's a free choice that I'm making to buy that thing to look sexy or to look powerful or to look whatever it is. But there's a lot of shit that's come up behind that yeah. that's telling me, a, that I have to or that I should, mm-hmm. that I should make an effort in this way because it adds value to me. As yeah, a, and that other that if you wear a dress that color, you're less desirable than if you wear one this color. Yeah, so again, it's a free choice that I'm making as a free human being and I'm, you know, I'm not being pressured into it, but there's a lot of background stuff that's going into that. Yeah, yeah, stuff you... It's it's so old that you can't even extricate it from your brain. Yeah. So if I am a person who is you know mentally healthy and wakes up and goes, I want eight dicks in my butthole today. <laughs> like there's a, there's again there's got there's a lot of stuff in yeah. there. Maybe maybe this is an argument about the existence of free will. Well, what if? Okay. So what? <laughs> hold on. I know you wake up. You're like, I don't want any penises in my anus. Mm. But I'm getting two thousand a penis. It's an hour. My anus is already stretched out from years of work. I can handle it. An hour, I get $16,000. Then you'd be like, uh, okay. Okay. Right? I'll, I'll take a bath afterwards. And I'll feel, I'll feel fine. And then I'll buy myself something nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put some bath salts. In, yeah. It, 
it might be it might be just a calculation yes yeah and and all power to you if it is a calculation i don't know maybe i'm just extrapolating from my own experience here but when i go to like a gynecologist or whatever Mm -hmm. and you know someone's sticking a thing up and having a look around yeah I'll spend the rest of the day feeling quite vulnerable. Yeah, you're right. That's right. Like there's there's something right. about uh, – uh, God, this is more graphic than my podcast normally is, but there's something about having some – like being – Yeah. Ha- being penetrated. Yes, you're right. Without any sexual connotation. But having – it's it's a big deal. It's wired up yeah. to your brain. It's wired up to your emotions. Yeah. For, for women particularly, like all of, our, all of that gear in there is – deeply wired up to our emotions you have yeah. cycles you have moods that are connected to all of yeah you know you're that. right you're right there's nerves and systems in there that we don't fully understand that i think are you know important you're right i think i was just spitballing and no, now that I you say that i'm like of course that would it wouldn't make any sense <laughs> and i'm sure there are some women who don't have that effect who yeah. can walk out of a gynecologist and be like get on with my day happy don't feel queasy yeah. don't feel weird at all yeah but sex is like 12 times more than that. Yeah, right. You know, it's more intense, it's more personal, it's more emotional, even if it is, you know, emotionless. It's, mm-hmm. it's even the fact that you're squelching an emotion is a, <laughs> is a thing, yeah. It's a thing. I Yeah, I don't know. And again, like this is such, I mean, this podcast is all about dealing with delicate turf, but it's such delicate turf, I don't want people to feel like I'm, you know, slut shaming or any of that stuff. Oh, I don't think so. I think, but uh, it does seem strange to me. And I don't know what I think. <laughs> it's you know, it's weird that there's there. This isn't the same argument at all, or the same sort of dichotomy at all. But, but um, I I always have this like I love Hillary Clinton, and then I'm then I think of Bill, and I'm like, ugh, why? Why is that her husband? And you know what I mean? Like, and in a similar way, I'm like, yeah, maybe you people can be really, or women could have that kind of stuff go on in their life as a profession and be okay with it. But then I'm like, really? (laughs) I don't know. It's so with, with Hillary Clinton, why do you love her? Oh, well, I'm reading her book and it's great. Her, Her latest book is really awesome. And, uh, I, I think, you know I mean she was a great nominee and stuff I, I it's weird I, I think she's a woman that a lot of, that women look at and go well I would have done it differently you know and uh-huh. we get kind of mad at her for staying with him or you know even marrying him like it's like you could have been president by yourself like you were on a you know she was really she's very brilliant on her own and you just think why did you do that ruth bader ginsburg didn't you know there's other women that didn't kind of take the wife role which she kind of did even though she did a lot of stuff while she was first lady and um so i'm i'm definitely one of those people that goes i i would have done this differently i wouldn't have married that guy you know or i wouldn't have stayed with him after i heard about all that stuff you know yeah, I don't know. I, I'm an outsider here and I, I haven't followed her story particularly. I've heard kind of both sides for and against her. Yeah. One is that she's, you know, a very powerful, very intelligent woman who, at least when she was young, was incredibly idealistic, incredibly driven 
and she still maintains, even after years and years and years of being in this very corrupt system, she still maintains at least some level of idealism about you know women and minorities and the change that she can mm-hmm. make. And then I've heard the other side of the argument, which is that she that anyone who gets to that level in American politics is corrupt beyond belief. That she supported uh, the corruption of her husband. That she went after some of these women in order to destroy their reputations, in order to protect her husband, and that, that all of that is terribly uh, corrupt and that the institution of the charity or whatever it is that she and her... Clinton Foundation. Yeah, that that is, you know, in the pocket of various... It's not. ...interests. What if, what, what if so both I don't know. things are true? Yeah. <laughs> what if she, you know, what if she... And I, I don't know that there's proof she actually after went after women. Yeah, I don't know. I these are just the two. Yeah. Without having done some any of, of them my own sort of research. Fox News talking points. But as an entirely ignorant human being, those are the two sides that I've heard. And I don't really know how to feel about it. And I'm not invested enough to kind of yeah. determine on a feeling. I don't. Right. So I don't vote in America. So I'm happy to just let other people tell me what they think and stay undecided. But what's your kind of view on it? Well, that's another thing, like with Barack Obama, you think, well, if somebody gets to that level, the presidency, Mm. they've taken money. Mm. They have to. They have to go to these fundraisers and take a huge amount of money and give people what they want. And and, uh, how much money makes you corrupt, you know? when did he did he ever go to the other side or did he just stay shy of it and was he able to say hey you know thanks for the million i can't do that thing exactly what you want but i can do a little bit of this i'll we'll tick, tuck it into this bill and you'll see 20% of what you want you know and it is that's just politics and or is there it seems like that's just politics right yeah and it, yeah, I yeah, like I I don't I don't know. The problem with democracy is the people who get into power are the people who want power. I know uh, it should be picked. It should we should just go. You're the president to somebody, and then because how how badly could they mess up versus what's happening right now? You know. Yes. Most people, you you'd kind of try to do the best thing, and you'd be stuck with Congress and stuck with the Supreme Court and. Wasn't there an Aztec thing? I don't know if this is just a fiction that I read once. Uh, it could just be a fiction and I'm pretending it's history. But wasn't there a thing where you they had a big feast and then someone got like a bean or something, like a special bean, and then they were like the king? Wow, that's awesome. Well, for a year, they had a lot of power for a year, and then at the end of the year, they'd be killed? That could just be something that I read sounds in the book Aztec, once. though. The, it, they I mean, are hardcore. They, they were big on the were easy to, to murder somebody. Yeah, yeah. They did. They did like a bit of cutting someone's heart out with <laughs> an obsidian knife thing. But yeah, I don't know if that's a real thing, but it would be an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if obviously not killing them at the end of their term as president, but maybe saying after your term as as president, you are no longer allowed to make money. You know, we'll give you a pension, yeah. but you're no longer... So then you oh, would yeah. cut out that interest in, you know... Goldman Sachs speeches, Yeah, pleasing people for later yeah. later profit. Oh, right, right. You'd just say, well, after this year, you don't get to benefit from anything you've done. You yeah. just get a pension and we give you a nice house and you live the rest of your life in comfort. Yeah. I mean, it'd I, save I would money. do it. It'd save money on campaigns. It'd save money on a lot. Look, we have a lot of good ideas. The United States is never going to 
implement. <laughs> Do you think things will change? It feels like there's going to be, I, I, I don't know, just from the people I've spoken to while I'm here, it feels like there's going to be a big fight. I don't know, man. My mom's a Trump supporter. She, um, she, I mean, he's such an awful guy and my dad was such a great guy. I'm like, how could you, are you just that lonely that you're going to gravitate to this monster? Um, it, it feels like it's a cult of personality with him. What's her defense of him? Um, we hardly ever talk about it because I get so angry and so does she. But she thinks the media is harping. He's not giving him a chance and stuff like that. Um, but uh, it's it's kind of, it's a little scary. I mean, I think I don't think it's more racist. Again, I'm a white person. I think, uh, but I think we're seeing it, or white people are seeing it. Mm -hmm. Okay, black people have always known, and white people have not. But we keep seeing these videos, and we keep seeing, you know, Charlotte. We keep noticing stuff that's been pointing that people are pointing out to us. Black people are pointing out to us and going, "Oh, yeah, that you're right. That is." And and the things that are acceptable when Donald Trump does it versus when Do when Barack Obama did it, it's so obvious that it was because he was black. You know, just the golf, just the golf count. The, you know, he Obama golfed a little bit, and I think if I read correctly today, Trump has spent twenty six percent of his presidency golfing. You wow. know, I mean, just the fact that that was such a huge talking point and now it's not, it's so clear. And it wasn't, maybe it wasn't that clear before to white people. Cause we feel like, well, Hey man, we're cool. And you know, I'm not racist, you know, and, um, maybe we're, you know, just seeing that we are still. Yeah. Now what happens? I don't know. I don't know if racism gets better. I mean, you just kind of go, God, this country's mentally ill. And guns, is that's all about race, you know? That's all about race. It's about, I mean, I just read a little bit, so I'm not like a historian, but um, uh, about how gun ownership and, and that whole, the NRA, it was all the fear of uh, of black black people and the fear, and the fear that black people will get power and it's like we have to protect ourselves against them and that's where the NRA started turning it went from this hunting organization to what it is now you know and you can see it in the way that the police treat black men you know so uh, I don't know it's it's pretty grim yeah <laughs> you know it's kind of do you have a solution or a way out or is it just ride it out and see what happens? Um, well, I did. Um, I am getting citizenship in another country. Oh, wow. That's my solution. Come to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> um, I qualify for Luxembourg because Amazing. of a great, great grandmother. So Amazing. I'm ready. I'm almost, I, it, was, it was a pretty long process and I have a couple more months of paperwork that has to be completed, but I'm ready to go. And and I became interested in it after Sandy Hook and how there's no change in the gun laws. And I'm like, wow, I just, I don't want my kid to have to be here if If someone if can, can walk into it. school with a gun. Yeah. And, and kill children. Yes. And I, and I wouldn't necessarily take them out of school or anything like that. I mean, I wouldn't at all, but I, I just wanted that option. And that was just 
that was like when in 2000, 2013 or something, 2012. And now it's like, wow, I really might not want to live in America in 10 years if we keep, just keep going down this path where every, everything's divided. And, uh, you know, th- the blue states don't have a vote. They don't have the same representation in Congress as the red states, even because it go, the, it's two senators per state. It doesn't go by population. So California is as important as Wyoming in the, in the Senate, which is ridiculous. Even though Sorry, California Wyoming. has so many more people. Yeah. 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 So, that's, I don't know. That's fascinating. I didn't know that particular yeah. fact. I don't know enough about American politics. Yeah, there's no need to. <laughs> and then the House of Representatives is proportional. But um, so like California has way, you know, I don't know how many reps California has, but it has many, many more than Wyoming. But, you know, both houses, you need both houses to pass a law. So you have to get those two Wyoming senators who might be insane Christians to, to agree with you. Yes. It's really tough to get stuff passed. You guys do a good line in really insane Christians. Oh, my God. I mean, you, I mean, you're based on the people who got kicked out of England when it was being ruled by the Puritans <laughs> who left because they were more religious than that. <laughs> like that's, it's bad news, man. It's pretty intense. Uh, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Where can people find you online? Um, I have a podcast with uh, Jackie Cation called The Jackie and Lori Show. And that's it's great. I highly recommend it. Oh, cool. Thanks. And um, it's just she and I talking about comedy and complaining about our careers. Um, and then... Um, Look, Mark Maron did it and it worked for him. <laughs> I know. We don't have any guests. <laughs> we, we just show up. And then um, I have a book coming out in February called Dead People Suck. And it's uh, just like comedic essays about cancer and grief and hospice and that whole process it's mostly about losing a parent so it's about it being a middle-aged person losing an old person which is a very specific sort of grief where even though you know it's coming it's still incredibly shocking you know yeah like my dad was 83 I should have been I should have been prepared and I was like what no and I really didn't think he was gonna die even though he had lung cancer and stuff so um I'm sure there's other people that are you know it's astonishing i knew <sighs> all through my well from my teen years all through yeah. my teen years all through my 20s i knew that mum was sick and that it could happen and it was still you know i i had this very long period to grieve you know years and years and yeah. years to kind of come to terms with it and it's still still a shock man yeah still a really nasty shock um and it takes a long time to yeah to all of a sudden you, these these people you're used to having your your whole life they've been with you and one of them's gone or two of them are gone and it's it changes your entire worldview and how you stand and your how you you know you're next and and all that stuff so anyway it's comedy about yeah. all that that sounds that sounds amazing i will definitely <laughs> i will definitely buy that because um yeah for me the biggest realization that i hadn't like I thought I had thought it through. Yeah. The biggest realization was that the death, which is sort of you always think of as the end, mm-hmm. is the beginning of never having a mum again. <gasps> yeah. That's now the rest of your life. You right. will never have that person again. And that was I think it's so obvious. It is obvious, but then when it, it but when it happens to you, it's the first time it's ever happened to anybody in the whole world. Yeah. 
Oh, well, th- thank you again. I'm sorry to <laughs> bring it home on such a, a sad note. Uh, thanks for having tea with me. Thank you. Lovely rifle, doll, lovely rifle, day.